to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Hello again. Welcome back to another edition of the Roma Press Podcast. I hope you're all doing very, very well. Just one day after the Gelo Rossi pulled it out in the final seconds against Bologna as they grab a crucial, crucial, crucial three points away from the Olimpico. I'm going to bring on Andy in just one moment here. As always, I have to thank our wonderful patrons from Patreon. If you would like to join them and support us in our endeavors here, you can go to patreon.com slash romapress or go to the support page at the top of romapress.net. And I also have to give a mention to our latest patron, Sammy, who you can find on Twitter at Sammy Hajomar, which is S-A-M-M-Y-H-A-J-O-M-A-R. Again, that is at Sammy Hajomar. Sammy, thank you so, so much for your support. It is greatly appreciated. And again, if you want to get early access to the podcast, extra episodes of the podcast as well, you can get that by joining us at Patreon and becoming a supporter. And again, thank you to all of our wonderful wonderful patrons over there at Patreon. So let me welcome on Andy now. He and I obviously discussed the win over Bologna and then just very briefly touch upon the the upcoming match against Atalanta in the midweek, but primarily discussed the win against Bologna. And just a quick note, Andy and I were having some connectivity issues with the podcast, so you might hear some crackling in your headphones. If they're not broken, that's probably just the the issues we were having with uh, each of our respective internet. So I apologize for that. But without further ado, here's Andy. All right, Andy. It was a quite eventful display between Roma, Bologna, as they pull out the victory in the dying seconds. And there's a lot we can take away from it. We'll get to all of it. But the first thing that comes to my mind after that match is simply Veretù. Mi piace tu. Tu, tu, tu. <laughs> Vere tu. Finally, a player with a work rate of Rajan Angolan. Something they've been missing, in my opinion, for the longest time. I don't think Roma had a single player last season who would have been able to do that run that he pulled off at the end of that match. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. Um, Pellegrini's assist, obviously sensational. Jekyll, good finish. What did you take away from all of it? Because I feel like there's so many things we can point to, but what what really stood out to you the most? Oh, oh, oh uh, for sure, this was a uh, this was a, a team effort, uh, a great team effort. Um, that probably is the 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 standout takeaway for me. That uh, Roma. Um, you know, this was a, a difficult, difficult, difficult game, and and it could have gone very bad. Uh, that goal uh, at the death uh, was the work of a unit, of a collective unit. That was a collective goal, and um, you know, I started. It made me think uh, to think back uh, for uh, at one of the last um, last minute goals. That we had uh, it wasn't the one against Frosinone. It was the one on the first match day of last year, and the difference in that one was against Torino, where Jacko uh, scored, assisted by Clivert. That goal was was not a team goal. It was a goal that was very lucky because Clivert was almost out of bounds, and and yet he kept it in. Uh, blindly crossing it to Jacko, um, and there that was it. But here. 
the Roma were not backing down. They were not taking uh, uh, this draw. The you, you know you could like so many people pointed out. It all started with Juan Jesus, who initiated. In it, he initiated. That was probably that was probably his second best moment at Roma. Uh, Excluding the 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 aside from the, the performance against Barcelona, yes. that right there yes. was probably his smartest play in a Roma shirt uh, uh, since, uh, since I've seen him really. Um, and, and then Vertu's individual brilliance and resilience and determination to keep the ball going forward, to not back away, to not pass it sideways, not pass it backwards, uh, not keep the ball. Um, and then, you know, Pellegrini finally getting one of the crosses right, finally getting it right. Jacob beautifully drawing the defender, sucking the defender in and then uh, 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 getting a bit further away to have some more space. I'm glad you mentioned that. His run towards the near post and then the far post was yes. gorgeous. That, gorgeous. That was it. That was, you know, that's that's what Jacob does. That's what we love him for is that even after a game like that, because it wasn't a good game for him. Uh, it, you know, it, it came to uh, the moment where he was supposed to show up and he showed up and that was a brilliant move. He, he completely uh, hypnotized the defenders, got the space that he needed to, to get that header off. Finally, uh, a goal that really said a lot about this team and you could see it from uh, 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 the celebration of the players, but uh, first and foremost, the celebration of Fonseca himself. There were so many things that I liked about that. For me, I feel like this is a a a well, not a proof. That's not the right English. Um, like a, a a testament as to how this team has changed. Now, there has not been a lot of time in between the departure of Eusebio Di Francesco to now. It, it, I mean, it, it, six months ago, still very recent. Um, but maybe you disagree with this. But I feel like. If all things were the same, same players, same everything, same sporting director, if you just change the manager, though, if you had Eusebio Di Francesco in the place of Paolo Fonseca, I don't know if this team does what they did yesterday. Because what did we see under Eusebio Di Francesco? We saw a poor mentality. When they go down, they complain, their heads drop, they whine, they pout. We didn't see any of that. They... they conceded a penalty a non-existent penalty but they 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 kept pushing they kept uh, they kept pressing they didn't let it get them down they didn't drop their heads that is all we saw under Eusebio Di Francesco we did not see that yesterday and for me that was the thing I loved to see and, and you know the another another difference uh that I think is important to uh to note is um did you see the reaction of the players when Paul Lopez, uh, shout out to him, made that save, yes. made that brilliant, yes. brilliant save? Did you see the reaction of the players? They, uh, Everybody walked up to him. Florenzi hugged him. They shook hands. It was a complete... And did, that was that was in a moment of difficulty. And, and usually uh, I saw... You know what? Today I, I was typing in for some highlights again just to uh, refresh my mind. And I stumbled over um, Bologna, Roma Bologna from last season, which we won, I think, 2-1. And um, and and there was a situation where Paul Lop- where uh, Olsen con- made made also a pretty good save, and um, there was nothing. And instead, the defenders looked completely uh, uh, 
they it seemed like they accepted the situation they were uh they were they found themselves in and this roma yesterday they did not they refused to be put uh, uh in that position by the refereeing decisions which were idiotic uh borderline unprofessional um yes just very. terrible what perhaps one of the worst refereeing displays i've ever seen um and they did not let themselves down by that. They did not let themselves down by uh, the fact that Bologna just sat back and absorbed everything. And it was just a difficult, difficult game. The conditions were 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 against them. And as you said, they never they never looked like they didn't believe it. And that final action that led to the goal is proof of it. That that was that that was the whole the, the whole game was right there in that play and in Paul Lopez save. I won't. I won't mention the person's Twitter handle, but they tweeted out, "Somebody call me when Paulo Lopez has a good performance." <laughs> yes, we saw that. Yeah, I, I felt like yesterday was such a a breath of fresh air. Now, there's no reason for me to bring up again how poor Robin Olsen was. There's no reason for me to bring up Alisson. That's old news. We're past that. But just taking Paulo Lopez for, uh, from a singular standpoint, how good was he? I I agree with you, and you know what I like the most probably about him so far, um, because I do think he's made some mistakes. Uh, I I I also do think he's made some pretty good saves. But what really uh, sells uh, Paul Lopez uh, for me, what makes him uh, a player that I actually like, even though we've known him for a short period of time, is his attitude. You know, he looks he looks very very mild but on, on when it comes to football when yes. he's on the pitch you can see uh he he believes in the team he believes in the game he he believes in a, in getting a result he gets he's he gets frustrated uh he, he he like yesterday uh he believes till the very end and and then as you, as you saw uh, at the end of the game uh, he ran up the whole pitch uh, just to celebrate with his teammates, just to be part, just to be part of that victory, because he is part of this team and he lets you know about it, and that's probably yes, that was uh, great. The best thing uh, that 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 you can say about him so far that you can see a goalkeeper that is slowly but surely uh, becoming a part of this team, but it seems like also he's got this leader mentality about him, and. You know, since since Alison, we've missed that. We had a little bit of that with uh, Mirante because of his veteranship, but Paul Lopez, as you said, fresh, uh, just just a breath of fresh air. Yeah, and and I'm curious to hear what you think about this. But it seems like Fonseca really has settled into this group. You have Lopez in goal. You have Kolarov. You have Mancini, Fazio, Florenzi, Veretu, Cristante, Mkhitaryan. Pellegrini, Clivert, Dzeko. Once everybody comes back, who knows what will happen. You can't predict the future. But for the way Fonseca wants to play, the high press, the high tempo, keeping the ball, it seems like this mix of 11 really complement each other very well. And there's obviously a host of injuries. We all know Zappacosta, Perotti, Under. There's going to be players coming back. So what we say now might mean absolutely nothing in a month or two. But... Do you think Fonseca has found the right the right mixture with this group because he really seems to be keen on every single one of these guys? Yeah, I I was thinking about it as well because um 
because I like a lot of things about this formation. I also dislike certain things. I I still think that uh, Florenzi is is uh, will never be really um, a centerpiece to a team. Uh, you know, you can always you can always put him as questionable, and uh, this is not an agenda, but but it's it, it's simply the truth. If I think, do I do I put Spinazzola? On, do I want to see Spinazzola in the starting eleven? Do I want to replace Kolarov with him or Florenzi? The answer is always going to be Florenzi. Um, and the same I can say about Clivert and Zaniolo. I, I definitely prefer to see Zaniolo play instead of Clivert, um, just from a fan perspective. But I guess that Clivert has so far has offered certain things uh, to Fonseca that Zaniolo perhaps hasn't, or you know, plays uh, a different role uh, uh, compared to Zaniolo. Um, but as you said, I uh, you know obviously Smalling's uh, role in this team is is going to be important. If when he recovers from the injury, he is going to be important for this team. Uh, I actually hope to see him soon on the pitch because man, if we have to uh, if we have to play with Atalanta with uh, Juan Jesus at the back, um, I, I I don't know. I would be worried a little. But as you said, you know you have you have uh, definitely a mixture of of experience and also of unpredictability because you did not know um, what you were going to get from Cristante. You do not know. You still I I still think there are some pieces that. Are, are very raw. We don't know what Jordan Vertu can still do because that run from him, that's something that he can do. Uh, that's something that I hope to see more of um, because he's fully capable of being so just so physical. And, and I mean, he, he just blew by uh, Medel, all those guys just, just didn't give a fuck. And uh, Cristante is still a, a player that clearly clearly has potential and is clearly developing, settling into this role that uh, uh, so far a year ago wasn't his, um, wasn't familiar to him. So there are a lot of question marks, but with Fonseca, there's uh, there's a sense of you know what? Everybody's going to get their fair chance and everybody will will be able to deliver on their own terms. Everybody will be able to be part of this uh, team. Uh, that's that's the most important thing about a, a team that is, has struggled in the past to maintain the same level of focus, maintain the same level of intensity. This, and, and clearly the Roma against Bologna at least wasn't a team that settled uh, for anything. 100%. So I wanted to go back to something that you just brought up there about how everybody will have their chance to prove their worth or whatever. Are you worried? Because we heard Fonseca in the post-match. He, he once again reiterated how important uh, Edin Dzeko is to this team. Are you worried that it's so early in the season? Roma obviously have an upcoming match in two days against Atalanta. They go away to Lecce. Then they're away to uh, Wolfsburg in the Europa League. Then they're home to Cagliari. Then they're away to Sampdoria. And it just feels like you have a very packed schedule here. Are you at all worried about these guys getting worn out at this point? You know, this, I mean, I, I you know, listen, I, we've seen, we've seen this Roma team 
struggle with this particular aspect for for quite some time because man we we've been lacking in replacements uh in different departments last season it was with jack remember when jack went down uh for a number of games and you had really no answers offensively and um in previous years you, you were forced to play with nine Golan and strotman aging strotman post-injury strotman for week in week out um but but here i think there is uh there is a balance and i think the you know if if fonseca for now we've seen this is and this has been going on for quite some time. Kolarov and Dzeko are fundamental pieces to this team. You know, you can see it. Neither Di Francesco nor Fonseca nor even Ranieri uh, want to play without those two. Uh, they refuse to play without those two. Now it's going to be interesting, and it has to happen, that Fonseca gives a chance to Kalinic uh, to be the starting striker in a number of games. He, he needs to uh, play Spinazzola there. So right now, I mean, not even... Uh, worried about who replaces who. It's um, the, the question is: Will the quality of that replacement uh, be up to the standards? Because even in the past, uh, you know, remember the <laughs> notorious uh, uh, deal made by Monchi in the January transfer market. He replaces uh, Emerson Palmieri with Jonathan Silva. And, jo- and Jonathan Silva is was a non-factor. So numerically, you had you had someone who could play in that role. He was left back indeed, but was a non-factor. And so now, you know, I hope with Fonseca, it's there seems to be something with this guy that he he believes in certain players, and I hope to see uh, him believe in players that need believing in players like Kalinic, who hasn't played any decent football in in like two years. That's uh, that's probably the most uh, important aspect that we need to focus on right now. We said we wanted to see how Roma did away from home. They got a fundamental, in my opinion, victory. Now they have to face Atalanta, who they're they're in a very particular spot, in my opinion. They're 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 not playing in their home stadium. They're playing at Parma's uh, Tardini. They just got yeah, yeah. railed in the Champions League, absolutely pummeled. They. In my opinion, I thought they would be prioritizing matches like that against Fiorentina as opposed to going away um, from their quote-unquote home and facing the likes of Roma. But it's it's a very interesting side. So what are you expecting for this one in two days? Yeah, they, I mean, yeah, that's, you know, and uh, the thing is that I've I've read so so much and heard so much about this game against Bologna and after this last last minute win which you know really doesn't happen very often for us Roma fans uh it, it seems like we are invincible right it seems like ah we're back in the top four I even saw someone post uh, uh just the snippet of the <laughs> table without with us being in top four uh you know, uh, that's that's not what you do right now. The, 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 that's the challenge of, of staying competitive is that you have to win the first game. Then you have to win the second game. Then you have to perform even better in the third game. You, you have to be able to, to get into the same game over and over and deliver the same performance better and better. And you have to be able to sustain that level of intensity. You cannot uh, settle for, for a draw or something like that just because uh, you, you've had two days rest. Um, so I'm pretty sure Fonseca knows this. And I'm pretty sure this Roma know it. Um, 
I hope the fans also know this, that, that you know, this Roma team, as almost every player has said so far, hasn't achieved anything. Um, this is only the beginning. This, ta- this team is taking shape. There are things to work on. There are good things. Um, but this has to be a win. This has to be a win because you have to carry on these positive results. Um, you have to play a different brand of football against uh, an Atalanta team that, you know, Results haven't been going their way uh, uh, these past matches, so uh, you have to you have to impose yourself against a team that will probably want to uh, 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 score on you. The a team that will that it is known for for being uh, for playing an attacking brand of football, for being very aggressive, very physical. You just have to show up, and that's um, that's probably something that worries me about the defense. Is that you're going to be missing Mancini? You don't know um, if Smalling is going to be back. You have uh, Juan Jesus uh, to rely on. That's that's the tricky part. But uh, Roma need to get it done, no matter who plays. Um, they just they just have to keep carrying these results because uh, you know. The competition, yes, the likes of Torino, uh, Milan, they haven't performed well. Um, both actually stink pretty much. Uh, Torino, unfortunately, these past two weeks, they haven't been good at all. Um, so you have to take advantage of it. You have to uh, take advantage of, of Lazio sitting a little bit back. You have to you have to you have to gain a, a, a little bit of room. Uh, it, it has to be three points, and I just I hope. To see, and I, I, part of me believes that I will see a team completely different than the one because the the recent Roma teams that have faced Atalanta were always teams that always showed some fear. I mean, as you said last year, we were up three nil, we were up three nil, and and they got back to us, and and that was a team that was shitting. They were shitting themselves as soon as that team, that Atalanta team, scored the first goal. They they immediately all of them they knew that was over they were conceding another two and uh, this team cannot cannot show fear they did not show fear in, uh, against Bologna they seemed a little bit rattled for a few minutes after that non-existent penalty um, gave Bologna a slight advantage uh, but against Atalanta I expect the team to be fully mentally and physically prepared. There's some matches uh, and some results in fact in my opinion that. They have a feel to them that they could sort of carry you into the next match or two. And that is really how I felt after this one against Bologna. Now, will that come true remains to be seen. But anything other than a victory for Roma against Bologna, in my opinion, would have been entirely undeserved. They were clearly the better side, clearly had the better number of chances. And again, they did not deserve to be level at 1-1 because of the, the, the non-existent penalty. So but, you, but that that cannot go unnoticed. I'm sorry. I just need to take up a little bit of time to to talk about that refereeing again. This, you know. Yeah, this, let, let, uh, I was going to bring that up. So let let's talk about it. Because let's get into it. I, yeah, I, I've seen the replay a dozen times, uh, maybe two dozen at this point. I don't understand the VAR. I, I the the lack of clarity behind this is is crazy, but. What am I missing here? What, what? Why is this so difficult? Why? Why is some guy uh, sitting on his couch in Australia able to determine this with a better certain of clarity than the guys with the replay system at the stadium? Why is that exactly? Because this yes. is absurd. It's absurd. It, it is absurd, and it, it is first of all. 
Pairetto, if that's his name, and uh, rightfully so, color of I don't know if uh, in, in English speaking viewers caught that when uh, he, he turned to Pellegrini and uh, basically asked him about the, uh, the referee, who the fuck is that? Do you know who the fuck is, yeah, who the fuck the, is this oh guy? God, he, so, uh, <laughs> so, but, but I mean, this guy, I don't. I don't follow. I don't follow the careers of 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 these referees. I I saw that he played like maybe he refereed eighty matches in the Serie A or something like that. Um, that was not good, you know. Roma got I think six yellow cards. He was he was fouling. He was just get, giving cards left and right for for reasons unknown to me. Um, clearly did not have control of the game even though he wanted to and that's what i hate the most about certain referees in Serie A is that they want to feel empowered um and and then the var var it's it's such a good idea to have it it's such a brilliant technology but but the people behind it are tragic and the decision making that goes into it is it just it's it's so inconsistent it's so inconsistent and you know the fact that um we 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 get called for that penalty uh, uh on Kolarov um he gets the ball 100% uh, and then we don't get called for that for that foul on Fazio um that that's the that's the crime right there that's and it's so to me the fact that these referees don't get don't get held accountable and i don't mean get death threats because that's what happens in italy referee gets it right gets it wrong does a bad job next day he gets cold names uh, he gets death threats you know uh, he has to stop refereeing for some time because the fans are too much i i'm not calling for that what i'm calling for is keep them accountable ask the referee to come up in front of cameras and explain his decision. Ask the VAR team to come up to the cameras and explain their decisions because there's just no logical answers to, to some of these incidents. You hit the nail on the head. The people who are running this, I, I, I think this is where people get confused. It, it's not it's not the technology's problem. The technology is there. It's But you can't have these idiots running it. It's as simple as that. Because the technology works, and and, and John and, and John uh, John, uh, imagine imagine if uh, if we had if, if if the game yesterday ended in a draw. Just imagine uh, the difference that would have made for not only the fans but but the team as well. I mean, uh, you would not be seeing and hearing and reading some of the things that we are seeing, hearing and reading today. Um, completely different impact on the players. Uh, Maybe the morale would have gone down, um, probably because you 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 see yourself dominate the whole game through. Um, you don't allow Bologna any chances in the first half. You you are completely you completely shut them off offensively, um, and you you get you get a penalty called against you. You get a, a non-existent red, uh, and, and and you still and you draw on that difficult uh, uh, stadium in that difficult place. Um, away from home, completely. We would be talking about a completely different game had that final play not happened. Um, and it's only because idiots behind a, a camera uh, refuse to do their job properly. Hey, real quick, we were um, there were some trepidations of Gianluca Mancini coming into the season. A lot of people made a big deal of him 
the last month or so at Atalanta seemingly losing his place or not being a guaranteed first choice. I think to date he's done incredibly well. That sending off was, we already touched upon it, but it was criminal that he was even sent off. But I think he's held up incredibly well. I have to say of all the players and the new arrivals who have, or even the the older players who have maybe stepped up or stepped down a level, just in terms of surprises, I think Mancini has been one of the most pleasant surprises of the entire season. Yeah, so far, so far. Listen, we you said it before. Uh, so far, both Mancini and Fazio in these last few games that we've uh, we've performed uh, really well they've been good and they haven't shown uh, any particular witness weaknesses um you know Fazio will always struggle with pace but so far he's done a good job and his teammates especially Kolarov have done a good job of covering for him and and uh, helping him out um playing you know with like a three and a half def- three and a half man defense um so that's that's to their credit but also to Fonseca who clearly understands what he's working with he knows that these guys are not world-class defenders but but there is some material some talent to work with um and you know you can see already that the coach uh knows how to utilize them at their best let, let them play comfortably don't put too much pressure on them um you know if if this keeps up against uh, tougher opponents, opponents who rely more on on uh, on their offensive games, such as Atalanta, such as you know the top clubs uh, like uh, Inter, Napoli, Juve, um, then then we can talk about a real transformation. And let us know what you thought about this game because it was real a real roller coaster, so full of different episodes. So I would be really curious to see what the what people picked out uh, most upon. Yeah, let us give us your feedback about the match because it was again a roller coaster, as you just said, and there there really was a lot you could take away from it. Again, for me, the the biggest thing, or not the biggest, I should say, but one of the things that stood out to me most was entire saga with Veretout. He, he looked great. I don't think Roma have had a player with his work rate since Nangolan, and I, I think he fits in perfectly. So, yes, yeah, send us your feedback. Very curious to hear that. So we will be back later in the week after the match against Atalanta. Again, hopefully Roma get the three points there. So if you could continue to uh, rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff, it really, really helps us out in our endeavors here. So that's where we will leave it. And until next time, everybody, ciao.